Shut up and sit down. Without a shadow of a doubt, the most epically overused world in cycling is epic. It seems that anything and everything is epic these days. One, two, three, four. I like, I like, I like, I like, I like to ride my bike. I'd like to introduce you to a podcast with a lot of charm, talent, and wit. Unfortunately, I don't have that option. So instead, you are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grant, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Tip of the day, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step that said, you know what you've got to do, so go get her done. I got fancy little streamers coming out of my handlebars. I got cards in the spokes that make sounds as it flies the cars. I got lights all around and reflectors in the back. I basket on the front that are really useful. Rack. But I hate cyclists, bike riders, people who ride bicycles. Does someone need a hug? Oh God! Here it comes! Oh, hot, 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 hot! Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vonder, and I'm here with Lance Friggin Hepler. Lance Friggin Hepler. What's cracking, dude? I'm here. Mustache. I yeah. It's it's here too. I still got a mustache. I see some little wings growing over there, my friend. Yeah, you know, it comes and goes, and you know, cross is coming. That's right. Those wings got to come back for cross. I need to shave my my beard, which is bothering the mustache. It's it's making it may, it's making the whole system look like a mess. <laughs> to Lance's left, the man you were just listening to, Mr. Evan Price. Oh man, I'm the only one drinking or eating anything here today. It is really hard for me to keep up with the amount of calories I need to be taking in right now. <laughs> I am eating most of my day. Except for wow. on Tuesday, Wednesdays when I'm in the clinic. And uh-huh. on those days, I'm like, wow, I should just be eating while I'm treating people. Just, you probably couldn't do that when you were a dentist. but uh, No. As a PT, I'll be honest, people usually don't like to. If I'm just like, hey, you go and do go that ahead. exercise I'm over I'm going to eat a sandwich while you're doing this. <laughs> they're, they're usually okay with coffee, but that's about as far as I can go. But that's fine. yeah, I'm doing Gardetto's Pizzeria. That's a great flavor. Wonderful flavor. <laughs> Might have to grab something to drink now. You're making me thirsty. Part-time sponsor, Market Sandwiches over at the... Gas station right down the street here. This this peace tea that shop. you have here, it's like it's got this like it's hand delicious. putting up a peace sign. Th- yeah, that hand on there is about the same size as my hand. That can is huge. Oh, Evan. it's a massive can. Actually, how many ounces is this? This is 20, 23 fluid ounces. Oh my gosh! <laughs> how many servings in there again? Oh. I, uh, so the PST is great because their serving size is the one can instead of trying to make you do math on like how much you know. Oh. Ooh. Oh, that was like Pepsi commercial already right there. LaCroix. I'm a trained professional. And then our other sponsor, Ghost Energy. There you went with the Sour Plash flavor today. So Sweet. Yeah. Cool. All right, boys. Matt Legrand is currently... He's on a plane, isn't he? On a jet Later plane. Today. Yeah, on a jet plane right now. Somewhere going... I think he's going to Michigan. Yeah. Is it Michigan he first? He's going to Michigan. Yeah, he's got to go to Michigan to see family. So Should be fun for him. Yep. So no Matt today, but uh, we do have a full podcast for you, I think, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna jump right into things here. Lance, you want to backpedal? What did I do? actually? You know what? Hold on a second. Did you race this past week, Evan? No. Go first. Yeah, I, I I will have by far the the easiest one here. Um, 
Let me think. I did on Thursday go and get, I've been waiting for a while to get a bike fit with uh, Josh Sutton. It was a very, very good bike fitter out of Portland, uh, Output Speed Lab. He does he, he does all bike fits, but really, specifically, I wanted to get with him because he um, does bike fits for a lot of uh, pro triathletes. So this was definitely one I wanted to get done uh, and talk through some ideas with him as, you know, what position I wanted to get into. And I could not be more happy with the position we tinkered it around into and were able to work with what I've got. Uh, I'm moving from 172 five cranks down to 165, and we did a lot to the front end. So my my front end has been brought up into the you went to shorter cranks, the praying mantis position. It's, yeah, it's supposed to help with like your running cadence afterwards. Yeah, so so it's really not. And you know, we were talking through some of the studies because I've looked at these studies too. There's really not that much of a difference in power transfer. Like it's it's not like you're gaining power as you're going down, or like your efficiency on the bike is improving that much. Uh. He was looking at a funny study where they even went all the way up to 200 down to like 100, I think, length cranks, and they found there was no difference in like average power at the same heart rate. So it's really it's not like you're. Uh, if you are purely a cyclist and you really like your 172 fives or you're on 150 fives and really like them, like it's it's unless you want to drastically change your position on the bike, gotcha. it's not a big difference. And Dylan Johnson did a whole video on that as well. And it really yeah. the, the studies have said that there's really not a big difference for anybody with the exception of track sprinters and yeah, someone in a sprint, if you will. They, yeah. There's a little bit more of a, a tiny, tiny advantage that they think might be there, but otherwise it yeah. wasn't anything that was... Luckily, luckily for me, I'm not hitting top speeds at any point during a race. If I am, something seriously wrong just happened. But no, for, for, for triathlon, we talked through the, the, the reasoning for triathlon is in the TT position, the, the, your, your aerofoil is drastically the most important thing, especially as I'm realizing as I put more and more hours in the bike, I'm like, man, I work an entire year, 14 hours a week on the bike, and I'm gaining five watts. So really, arrow gains efficiency and my ability to hold the arrow position for the entire time I'm on the bike yeah. is really the most important. So what, what, what we're finding is I can go to 165s and take a lot of strain off of my hamstrings that was there before and definitely yeah. I think was starting to limit some of my run top end. Um, and I've been having those sensations for a while and it was just finally the year where I'm like, I need to change this because I, I need to find a way that I can take this strain off my hamstrings. So cool. this helped a lot. The front end shrunk down a ton. The next day, I, or no, two days later, Saturday, I went on a four-hour ride and felt great. So I think that's a pretty good sign that the fit is good if I can oh, hold wow. the arrow position for two and a half hours that day. But yeah, um, outside of that, Sunday, I forced Cassie. Didn't force. She actually wanted to. We went open water swimming and long run routine, and then she went and raced right after that, after also racing Saturday because she loves <laughs> bike racing. And she's way more committed to bike racing at this moment than I am because I understand my limitations as a crit racer and understand it doesn't fit well into a 73 training plan. We did have a couple of local crits in the Portland yes. area this weekend. So Yes, absolutely. Cassie was in both of them, which was great. And uh, yeah, we had a great swim in Horseshoe Lake too. That was great. So we got um, our one of our younger triathletes, Natalie Moser, is racing nationals for draft legal racing this weekend. She's going to Ohio. Well, she so found a way to, uh, to go. We figured it out for her. Yep, we we got it set up. So she will be going to Ohio. Uh, so we had kind of kind of kind of me and Josh did a little race prep swim for her too. So cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I will be heading out here myself on Thursday to Telluride, Colorado. Tell oh, oh yeah, that's this weekend. Yeah, it is. 
It is <laughs> over under on times I have to put a foot down or hit the ground. No, the over Ooh. under was on how many times you're going to crash. Not this is <laughs> I am, I'm times. crawling down the downhills. I am not hitting the ground at high speeds. If I'm going to hit the ground, it's going to be going two miles an hour is, is when I'm going to be hitting the ground. <laughs> but yeah, that was basically it. That's my back pedal. Cool. cool. Done. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I raced my bike a couple times this week. I actually had a pretty busy week. I did uh, quite a bit. Tuesday, we had our uh, short track, mountain bike short track race, and I went out to uh, a hot and dusty Washougal motocross course and sucked, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so lined up with my group. There was about 20 of them, uh, 50-year-olds. Uh, of course, I got the whole shot. Held it for half a lap and uh, promptly got passed by all my teammates who uh, have never beat me. So it was it was a good day for my teammates. I think I ended up fifth. I had a blast. It was very dusty and hot and like maximum effort. So. But you didn't crash. I did not crash. boy. No. And I railed over the the uh, rock garden and a yep. couple of little technical spots. I had no trouble there. So that was that was a whole lot of fun. So cool. it was cool. Um, I did the lab ride with, uh, everybody on Wednesday. That was kind of nice. Um, I ended up, uh, Saturday we had the Vancouver courthouse crit, um, which was our regional championships for USA cycling. Correct. And, but I decided not to do the crit and I did a century instead with a few other teammates. So we had the ride around Clark County and I rode with a bunch of, um, uh, teammates uh greg pacheco and john wansu and um i don't know there was there was a few of us out there but it was fun i mean i was six hours on the bike and did 112 miles that's my longest ride in a long long time and uh I actually didn't feel yeah, too that bad that was that's interesting that, that ended up on the same day i was i was actually i completely forgot that the rack ride was that day yep yeah yeah so there, there it it was beautiful weather for a long ride because it was overcast in 70 it was like yeah, it perfect. Was great weather. Yeah, it was great weather. So that was kind of nice. Uh, but then I ended up uh, watching the crit and helping out there a little bit, which was a lot of fun to see some teammates race. But then Sunday, we had the hammer crit down in Swan Island in Portland. And um, Jake bas basically threatened if I didn't show up and race with the team <laughs> that I was going to. He was going to be angry relegated. at me. I didn't want to be relegated. I knew people were going to be angry at me, but I was like, if I show up on a TT bike, people would be like, I hate this guy anyway, so I don't even want him racing. <laughs> so I did end up going down and racing with our teammates. Uh, we raced in the Masters 345 field. There were like six or seven of us in the one race, which was a blast. It was very fun. Um, I had just done the century the day before, but um, I managed to stay with the group. I was nice, man. zero help <laughs> for the team. As long as you're with the group, that's I was no help at all. I I pulled up to the front a couple of times, um, but I You did? You see, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did get I was but I was behind you, Jake. I never actually oh. actually came around you. I, I was on your wheel a few times. I don't recall seeing you one time during the race. Because I, I was tail gunning the entire yeah. race. And I and I think, what do we have, like a 20-lap race or something like that? We had like a 20-lap. I don't know how long it was, but literally five laps, and I'm like, I'm not going to make it. 
And we were more than 20 laps. That, really, how bread racing is so brutal. That's like, oh my God. If you're thinking I have not thought of five lap five, that's just like, it was such a long day. Well, literally. Yeah. Five laps in. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to make yeah, this. It's the longest 45 minutes of anybody's <laughs> life. It's so long. But I kept, uh, I kept hanging on and hanging yeah. on and, uh, I ended up uh, finishing the race, but I, nice, I didn't, I didn't factor in anything. Yeah. Um, I, I did nothing except show more orange at the start line. There so. That was, that was fun. I, I was I was there to try to help Jake, and I was no help at all to Jake. Well, at least at least Jake Jake got a good result, but we will pretend like Lance was was doing well by sitting behind him. You were giving him a nice foil behind. Him. I was. <laughs> we were either twenty four or twenty five laps. Okay, so yeah, literally there was twenty laps there where I'm like, oh, this is my last lap. Up, oh, this is my last lap. Oh, I'm not gonna make it. Well, I'm gonna get popped, and I just I just hung on very end so Cassie was saying that her race too it was like like every single time you just like the elastic start and she was like I was bending the like stretching the elastic as much as many times as I could there it was kind of funny right near the end um uh, on the very last lap Dylan Wiggins came up next to me um he's been on the podcast before um and he's he videos while he's doing this and he he rolls up to me he's like Lance get on my wheel we're gonna go right to the front and so no I'm good so (laughs) I jump on his wheel and he he goes like really hard for like a hundred meters and we like didn't get any we didn't like even make up a position and I came rolling past him right before the fish I'm like hey Dylan is this the front I'm not quite sure how the front (laughs) and the back works he's like no we didn't make it 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 ended with a whipper I mean. Was, was was Swan Lake decently strung out? Swan Island. Swan, Swan Island. Oh, sorry, Swan yeah. Lake. Yeah, sorry. So was Swan um, Island decently strung out? In our race, um, it was fast. I we, uh, I, but none of the attacks stuck. We didn't have any attacks yeah. that stuck. No, nothing stuck. There was off multiple the front. chances. Nobody wanted to let anything get away. Yeah, yeah. everything was kind of like answered. And, and it wasn't even in a, crit, in a crit when it gets like that. It, even if it is strung out, it's like yeah, if you want to move up, that's great. But then you got like dive bomb on the inside on somebody. Watch your entire life flash before your eyes, yeah. and then try to get it up to the front. So it just yeah, nobody got away. I mean, we averaged like twenty six and a half miles an hour, yeah. which really wasn't that fast i mean the the one twos average like 28 miles an hour yeah but, that's kind of but it was a lot faster than three years ago when we did the same race because i did the exact same race three years ago and i led out surratt who ended up winning that day yeah and we only averaged like 24 miles an hour it was way faster 24 miles were yeah not moving that day. it was no yeah that, that's why I was able to lead out Surratt. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of surging during the race, though. So, I mean, it surged and it would slowly Drop back, back off. And just, yeah. It was like, you know, ebbs and flows. So yeah. they didn't have that, that that higher consistent speed. Like if there was people like working, staying towards the front the whole time, our speeds would have been higher. That's why the one, two, three races are always so fast in yeah. crits. Yeah. I we, will had, say, we had races in Ohio where, God, those Pittsburgh races, you get a one, two, three race, they'd be like 29 mile an hour, almost 30 average. I'm always very nervous lining up for a crit race because oh, crashes are yeah, they're terrifying. <laughs> they're, but I had a blast. We had a great yeah. time. I didn't feel there was one sketchy thing that happened in our race, but it was. It was far enough away from me that it didn't affect me. So yeah, it was right next to it me. Was right next to Jake. <laughs> right where it should be, right? So, so, so Lance was way back. He could see I, it happening for back. like a minute before I saw it happen. I'm like, oh, I'm not up there. Yeah, but nobody went down actually no. in our race. That's but, kudos to the guy for saving that. By yeah. the way, yeah, it looked like he it, he was gonna completely wipe out, but he yeah. didn't. He saved it. So yep. Anyway, that was me. Job, I, I ended up. Hanging out and volunteering and helping Jake um, in the pit in the for pit, the rest yeah. of the race, and we had it. We had a great time hanging that out. That was good times. Yeah, so nice. Nice. Uh, pretty much did the same thing as Lance. I uh, we had Tuesday. We did the short track, and yep. 
I have now been in three short track races and I've come in second place all three all times. All three times. <laughs> nice. So nice. I'm in actually in second place in the series standings by, I think I'm down by 10 points. So the gentleman who is in first place, um, if I beat him, I think I get the win. But there is a scenario where, and I'm not sure how this works out, if I beat him, but he comes in like one spot right behind me based on the point differentials that we would tie. How does that work? I don't know. Like I've beat, I would have beaten him twice and he would have beaten me twice. twice. The times that he beat me, he got first and I got second. And the time that I beat him, I got second and he got fourth. It should be you then. That's what the probably the average. Maybe, but is it the number of first places you get? It could be the oh yeah yeah because it's either the first place or it's going to be the average of the places. Or if this was soccer, it'd be goal scored against. Yeah. So, <laughs> Can you have a shootout? I have you no guys idea. Should have a whole shot out. They they should. <laughs> we should put you on the I, line. I one lap. There's one lap. <laughs> one lap. No, just like 400 meters. 400 to the first turn. <laughs> so we're gonna race to that tree. The first person to the That'd tree the wins it. I'll take that bet. Be, I'll take that I race. Take I'll that. take that all day long. Oh, I just retire right before that. So, like, just nah, I lost. Probably probably blow your chain in four pieces. <laughs> yeah. So we're supposed to be finishing up this whole race series tomorrow, which we're recording this on mm-hmm. Monday, and they've postponed it. They've yeah. postponed it. Yeah. We are having a so hot. You gotta <laughs> listen naked. Yeah. It's so hot. You gotta listen naked you and ride naked. naked but it's to gonna be naked. so hot that they're they're postponing yeah, well. it. So and they postponed it. We're having like hundred degree temperatures yeah. this week, which is very rare for the Portland area. And and um, they yeah, the race promoter decided to postpone the races. Yeah, so. we're yeah we're still having the kids do their track practice tonight, but tomorrow's when the like the heat's really gonna hit. I think we're gonna get like ninety six this evening, so it's gonna be warm. Tomorrow's gonna be probably triple digits. Turns so out the it. heat is hot. Everybody else across the country just keeps you know racing. this is this is the thing. I, yeah, it's like because I'm just here on the radio. This is this is what bothers me with this region. Is like the radio is so it just starts to like terrify people because I'm I'm just like sensationalizing everything yep. for this area. They're like, do not go outside. I was like, no, you probably so, should get some heat acclimation. What happens if we have a summer where it's all this? What are we just gonna have people just be like, I'm not leaving my house? Like, are you serious? It's so I text my friend Ryan. I'm like, hey, you'll get a kick out of this. Ryan lives in Las Vegas. Oh, I'm like, God. hey, no, you get a kick out of this. This is a cool we're, day. We're this having cool day. we're having yeah. a a excessive heat warning for the next next four days because please we've got, what is it there we've got potential for over 100 degrees for a couple days here in vancouver and he, and, and he texts me back he goes that's picnic weather in las vegas yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, that's yeah. so i've got a friend that posted a picture I, I mean we don't need to talk about this but that kind of just shows you that's like a couple of years ago to now in terms of how the news handles things yeah and right? they're completely making look it look that. like it's like hell it's like right. it's coming literally it's it gonna rain like, down on yeah. us and they're showing the same graphic from a few years back and they're showing temperatures and the temperatures are actually higher than the other one it's just yeah. a normal picture it's like yep it's gonna be hot and yeah. this one makes it sound like you know well, fires and like, coming and, and like luckily <laughs> i do i do coach plenty of people that are like you know i mean they're pretty committed to where I tell them, like, hey, you know, we need to, like, races happen in hot weather, yeah. especially in traveling. You need to be heat adapted, yeah. like, period. You need to. So, so we just talk to you, like, pro- I mean, we're going to talk about this table. Like, you, you know, proper, like, make sure you're hydrating well. Make sure you're, like, bringing down your effort appropriately. Yeah. So, just but cancel here's the thing, though, for racing. If it's going to be 100, 300, 4 degrees, and you don't have any chance at the series, you're like, nah, it's hot. I don't really feel like going out. That, yeah. That's going to happen over and over again. Not just the sensationalizing of yeah. what's going on in the world. But that affects the promoters. If the promoters need yep. to have a yes. certain amount of people to come out to make yep. the races yes. viable, then 
And yeah, if you're you, one of those people, you go to this race, and you're like, I'm going to win this one. Because everybody's going to be like, gone. I'm taking it easy today. Be like, yeah, well, yeah, that's we the thing. are. If Let's you risk have, heat stroke. That's if they have half the people show up, suddenly their promoter is losing money instead yeah, of yeah, making, making money. A, and we want to keep promoters yes. fed. We want to keep them happy. We want to keep them coming back around and putting on races and even more races if they can. So yeah. that part I get. And I yeah. totally get it. And, it, you know. Go for a bike ride in the heat, though. You yeah, freaking softy. I know this is. I'm more. <laughs> yeah. I I more don't blame the promoters. The promoters are just responding to what people in the Pacific Northwest are. But oh, I can't wait for. I'm sure I'm going to have a million texts from parents saying, "We're like, is practice still on?" And be like, "Yes, the the world still turned the today." So yes, that we will still. have You did it, it through every freaging rainstorm. Yeah. through the spring. My God, I was like, we waited for this. <laughs> this was what we were waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> we were bringing an ice bucket with like water guns. They're going to be fine. Like. <laughs> Okay, Jake, you didn't finish your backpedal, yeah, so yeah, you please. went to short track. Jay, Jay, you Jay took second. Only, Jake had the only worthwhile backpedal to this week. He had Jake, two podiums in one week. And he was, he, Jake was in it um, and right with the leader in short track, but... I was in the lead for a while, but my... my it was a more technical course. And it was. There's just a lot of little things there, and my, my shoulder ended up being my Achilles heel. I'm going to call it my Achilles shoulder. Yeah, it <laughs> So it... it just wasn't happy, and I almost lost it a couple of times. I knew I had a, a pretty substantial lead on the guy in third place. I'm like, it's not worth it for me to try and send it to, you know, to, catch this catch guy, this guy, it, and not be able to do anything. Exactly. So I just kind of went into maintenance mode and finished out the race, got second place, and I was happy. And my shoulder was sore for a few days. So yeah, that is what it is. Then fast forward to this weekend, we raced uh, bicycles. We raced bikes. Yep. I I only got in six hours of riding this week, which really sucked because I actually ended up working both days, volunteering, providing the the pit for the regional criterium championships as well as the hammer crit championships on Saturday and Sunday. And those collectively had me out there for, I think it was like 21 or 22 hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You were out there Long all days. day. Long days. Both Saturday Long and days. Sunday. Yeah. And not, and I'm not even counting this. And I had people on Saturday like, Hey, I've got this puncture and we drove down from Seattle. Do you have any suggestions? And da, da, da. I'm like, I'll just take, I'll take your wheel. I'll take it over to the shop and I'll get it fixed up for you. That's ultimately what it ended up working out. And I so saw I was in here setting on new tubeless wheels and getting things set up for him. So I was working until like seven 30 or eight o'clock at night. <laughs> On uh, Saturday and brought them back out to him on Sunday so that they could race. So it was all, it was all But good. you did get to line up at the Hammer Crit with all of us teammates. Yep, I had a few people that were uh, able to volunteer for me to watch the pit so that we could actually go out and race together. And so they actually pitted for the race that I was in. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, we had a blast. We did have a blast. And Well, you had more fun than I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> We had a lot of people in there, and we always have grand plans, and I think we just need to do this more often, and things kind of fell apart. I mean, we had little moments where, like, Hannah was trying to do some stuff off the front, and then I was trying to get up there with them, and, you know, we had the the big diesel of Chris Surratt that sat on the front and did a giant hero pull for about a lap and a half or two laps before the end of the race, and... Yep. Um, when we were in that position, when he was off the front, we were supposed to string out the field a little bit and we we're all supposed to line up and I'm sitting right on his wheel and he's just cranking, he's cranking. And we get to, um, the, the last lap and we go into one of the last corners. He elbow flicks, you know, he's like, I'm done. I'm out. You know, he just With does a whole lap to go. go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go pull for somebody now. Cause I didn't, I, I wasn't trying to win this for me. I wasn't wanting to be set up. I mean, we had a whole team out there. And then there's none of my teammates behind me. So I'm not going to, I'm sitting <laughs> on the front of the, the Peloton and, <laughs> and I'm not going to just pull the whole Peloton around so that they can beat me. So I kind of had just, to ease up. I, I eased off just a little bit. So knowing that people were going to come around and get a little bit aggressive and there was a little break on the, um, the first turn after the, uh, the, 
the, the finish, finish line. Yeah. And they got off in front of us a little bit, and, and then everybody starts to swarm around me, and then I jumped on some wheels, and we were coming through, and we ended up closing that gap down. And as we come by that little gap, one of the guys in there um, was kind of like trying to take, you know, an accounting of who's coming by him. And he's looking left, and he looks right, and he looks right at me as I'm coming by, and he kind of like just ever so slightly kind of came into me. into you, yeah. Our bars touched each other, and then he came off, and I think he hit somebody. I think. I'm not – this is me guessing. I think he went into somebody on his right side because it was really tight in there, and that forced him back into me again. And then he hit my rear wheel, and I heard clink, 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 and I'm like, did he go down? Is he down? And then during this whole thing, I'm like, please don't crash. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm like, gosh, Dang it, I just lost the wheel that I wanted to be on. I lost the line that I wanted to be on. And now I've got like three or four more guys in front of me. And I was in a perfect position to get squared up for the finish. I was going to just wheel surf on some people. So there's two turns left as we go into the turn. I'm I'm like a little bit discombobulated by what just happened. And then I'm trying to find the right spot. People are really like ramping it up, like winding it up. There was no formulated team. So it's just everybody's kind of like jockeying for position. We come into the last turn and I'm probably ninth wheel or something like that i think so and things start to kind of spread out and then the the guy in front of me like i, I lost him really early on so my nose is in the wind and the, the, the stretch is pretty decent amount of stretch i mean they, i think they moved the line back a little bit this year i'm not sure but i don't know i just kind of ran out of bullets at the very end and i ended up getting third place though yeah, so you did you made fun. it on the Great podium because that's a strong field that's yeah. a very fast strong field uh, i had now, to go do all over again I'd have a freaking teammate sitting on my wheel for starters. But if I was going to go out there and try and win the race, um, I probably shouldn't have burned so many bullets. I'm thinking maybe I, my normalized power for the 40 yeah, minutes, what was we, the uh, 359 Watts. Oh my God. So and oh. mine was like two sixty. Yeah, I know. You're, <laughs> you're <laughs> sitting on back there. Back the time. <laughs> well, I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. This race is pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> but there were some strong dudes in there. I mean, there's some guys they that were. are like kind of working their way up the ranks that uh, yeah. maybe just turned 40 not too long ago. And they're, uh, they've got some big watts. That's kind of a sweet down, spot so. for career racing. Now. I mean, some of the go- those guys yeah. well into their 40s can be very fast in crits. Because yeah. you just get smarter and more cagey at that point. It, but. Y- you know, it was just fun to line up with seven teammates yeah. Yeah. and like have a whole orange, you know, conglomerate of guys yeah. <laughs> like, okay, let's yeah. let we get to race together again. Y'all so. rolled up. Somebody yelled out, Oh, look at the dialed hive over there. Yes, we <laughs> did, everybody came from the Ooh, rear. That's a good little nickname. Actually, yeah, you start going hive. off with the hive. Yeah. Just start <laughs> calling it the hive. That's when you, whenever you come to the front, cool. That's uh so, so at the finish line though, Lance was ready to throw, throw hands with that guy who bumped into you. Right. Is that <laughs> no, wait, you didn't well, even come I, to Jake's defense. No, come on. I saw, I saw. <laughs> if Chris racing has taught us anything recently, it's that like you throw hands after the race. Okay. <laughs> I saw Jake like hit the sprint and I'm already sitting up. Cause I was like, I was at the tail end. Me, me and Surratt and Hanel, we'd already pulled off and, yeah. and we were just like, all right. Uh, Oh, this is the, this is why I love doing the lead out is because the lead out's you the part just, where we don't do the hard part. You're like, oh man, that was everything enjoy. I had. Yeah, yeah <laughs> let me peel off to the side, and not get killed. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. So we got to race. Got to race bikes twice this week, so that, that's good for that's me. That's good. I'm gonna have a way less exciting <laughs> race report next week. Like, so we started. Uh, it took a while, really long while. <laughs> Don't remember most of it. My first crash was on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only exciting part. Ended up walking two miles at one point. I want ate you to, a sandwich. You're going to take your phone with you. I just want you to keep a little video journal I or something like a, that. I like, definitely do a video right, this crash number one and like document it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really tired, guys. Really, right. really tired. Cool. 
All right, let's jump into Champ freaking Bailey. Champ Bailey, we did finish up the Tour de France this tour. Uh, last week, and it was super fun, super exciting. Um, I hope you all listened to our bonus episode on yes. Thursday when we watched the Hodakam climb. But, uh, yeah, it, it ended up... Um, Vingegaard uh, pulled it out, and uh, Vingago, Vingago, whatever. Uh, all, <laughs> but most importantly, Evan was completely wrong about one hundred percent wrong <laughs> about how much. The just Vingigo, about everything, really. Yeah. There, there, there wasn't a single metric. I think I was right on. So, <laughs> so the the time trial the day before the last day was was quite exciting. Uh, Filippo Ghana put out a great time and looked like mm-hmm. he was gonna kind of pull it off. But Wout Van Aert went out there and just crushed it. And um, then uh, Pogaccia and Vingigo, they both had really good, solid efforts. Yeah. And um, Pogaccia did not beat Vingigo in the time trial, which was no, kind of surprising. No. So Vingigo's like, he's coming into his own. Yeah, there's there is speculation I, I, that Vingago could have won the time trial, and he kind of sat up the last 500 meters. Well, he de- he definitely sat up to celebrate, yeah, so that he could celebrate, and so that Wout could have the stage victory. That's what Johan Bernil thought this morning when he talked I, about. I, it. I actually agree with him that I think v- Vingago pulled up pretty early. I mean, and it was only what a. 10 second gap was it even 10 seconds? or he, he could have been just completely shelled and spent a long couple of weeks yes, and he's like dude i don't need to go hard i don't need to take this from yeah yeah he's like wow but yeah he um he beat pogaccia by nine seconds i think yeah um yeah so just fantastic and he took second wow won the stage pogaccia was third yeah. g thomas was right up there fourth yep, i think fourth, he beat filippo ghana as well yep. so just amazing work by those guys. It's just a long week for, or long three weeks for Filippo. Yeah. Filippo's a bigger guy. It's t- I mean, you know, he's he's exhausted from the mountains, I'm sure. The the final stage in Paris was exciting still and fun. Um, it kind of crazy. They started it in a in a st- indoor stadium. Yeah, yeah. I saw that it. was filled with people. Yep. The whole stadium was full of people. They didn't start till like 5 p.m., so kind of crazy. They roll out in the streets of Paris. They get past kilometer zero, and Wout attacks <laughs> at, kilom- at kilometer oh, yeah. zero. Pogaccia attacked. No, Wout attacked. Wout was the first Wout, one? Wout Wout was, first, yeah. well, I thought it was Pogaccia that went first. Wout was, um, he, you know, they, people have been hassling him for, for attacking so many stages at okay. kilometer zero. So he did it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Pogaccia countered with it yeah and then vingago went up and they were like then it was all it was all joke it was just for fun so but uh wout did not contest the sprint at the end the team decided to all cross all five members together don't need the sprint points i knew what was already the winner so the race all came together with a lap left there i think i think there were two ef guys in the last break and you know you just got pulled over five whatever it is eight five or eight k left yeah and philipson ended up winning the stage which was uh was was pretty exciting that was two stage wins for philipson yeah he's i don't think he's quite yet no i would say he's i mean really when you're looking at three sprinters in the world we we can include wow in any conversation but really you're looking at jacobson gronewig and and philipson right now i think i think philipson has worked himself in that conversation and i think that caleb ewan has worked himself out of that conversation unfortunately yeah he just never was in position caleb ewan had the lantern rouge he had the um the 
the writer in very last place. So we yes. had the little red lantern on his uh, number at yep. the end because he was the last one over the climbs, I think, most of the days. That cracks me up that the tour still does that. Yeah, the lanterns mark last place. God, could you imagine <laughs> if another sport did that in like youth sports? It'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. It was. It should be interesting to see what happens. It seems like um, Vingigo timed his fitness and his effort for the Tour de France a little bit better than Pogaccia That's did. That's the big thing. I, th- I think when you look at it, because Pogaccia had a season in the spring. He you know, was I mean, like he was, he was racing one day. He was out there doing his thing. You, I mean, I still think it's tried and true that if you focus your entire season around the Tour, you will win the Tour. That If, if, if you're one of these guys who's like favorited, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if Vingago does that year after year, decides to do that year after year, I think he can win a lot of Tours. Pogaccia might have to shift to that if he wants to beat him. So it'll be interesting to see if um, if Pogaccia changes his plan. Next does Pogaccia make these bit. changes or does UAE make these changes? The team needs question. to make the ch- You know, I was just talking about something. When you look at the big time differentials between Vingago and Pogaccia, it was on two stages, basically. Mm-hmm. On both of those stages, Pogaccia had trouble getting teammates to get him water and nutrients. Vingago was being topped off like a like a well-oiled machine that entire time. Yep. I mean, he was getting handed balls. He was getting handed nutrition. That uh, at that level, when you're talking Vingago and Pogaccia, we're talking little percentage differences. That's what lost Pogaccia. Well, the, the tour. day that he lost those three minutes was the day that Jumbo uh, it yes attacked, attacked, attacked. Yep. And 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 think about Pogaccia how many still had to Vingago keep... had around him. Yes. I mean, he's getting hand like, I yep. mean, wow. At that point, with how much of a him and Sep are just the consummate teammates. They're probably like, I need this water. No, give it to Vingago. Like, yeah. d- you know, die on this climb. Who cares? Give it to Vingago. Meanwhile, Pogaccio, only- no, Micah wasn't even in that day, was he? No. Micah had been dry. I think he only had McNulty. It, but he was alone. Solaire was. Yeah. God, Solaire. <laughs> whatever. Pay- uh, I sound bad saying this because Mark Solaire's a great cyclist, but like whatever paycheck Mark Solaire made this year, you're like, what would we pay this guy? He wasn't there at any point when it was important. All I mean, Pogaccia's out there feeding himself bottles at some point. So Still, yeah, I think I think that was a huge difference. Yeah, huge, sure. huge difference. But it yeah. just looks like that um, Vingigo focused more on what would happen in the tour, and Pogaccia was you know trying to do other things in the win spring. bike races. Yeah, win bike races. So interesting. Who's but then who's, you got who's the wow. better bike rider right now? Who's the uh, I almost want to save this for our topic, but it has nothing to do with what we're actually going to talk about. Who after this season? So let's we can wait to the end of Vuelta, but who's the best bike rider in the world right now? Wow. Is it Wout? It's Wout. He can do anything. I think Pogac is close. I think I think Pogac is close because it's been a long time since we've had a GC guy that will do anything in one days. Yeah. Who's the last guy you can think of? Valverde, but Valverde's never won the tour. So it's like Valverde, yes, he could be GC. But outside of that, who? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you you have to go back a long time to find a GC guy. That and then again, you have to go back to Merch to find a Wout. I mean, you know, there's really. So that was fun. The tour was yeah. fun. Yeah, it's to go back to um, Merch and mm-hmm. seeing to, to find a Wout. But people are so specialized in certain things and yeah. in all the different facets right now. It's it's yeah. I don't think that I don't think that Merch could be this like the the Wout of in, in current day. I don't. I mean, I if, you took, if you took, if oh, you took, he's not winning GC. Marks isn't winning anything in GC with with the type of rider that he was. Yeah, you know, he's not climbing with Vingigo. Yeah, I just yeah, that, that's just my thought. Yeah, but well, also well, I a mean, special human being. He is. He's he's very very special right now. Uh, and I mean, really, even if you look across the board, you got guys like Pidcock, who I mean, was a mountain bike like it was racing mountain bikes. 
session. I mean, that's huge. He won the Olympic gold medal in mountain yeah. bikes. He won the world championships in yeah. cyclocross. Won an Alpha West stage. Yeah. Won the Alpha West stage. Yeah. Beat Chris in the Tour Froome, de France. which we all know is the most impressive achievement of his tour. <laughs> and he gave us some of the sound bites of the tour this year. He did. Yes. He did. He's, he's, he's a character. Yeah. He definitely is. So lots of fun. So it was, it's sad to see that it's gone. The women's um, tour has started. It's an eight day stage. It was kind of cool that they did this. Um, the, the women's first stage was on the Champs-Élysées in yep. Paris. Yep. Um, the morning of the last stage of the men's race. So it was uh, kind of exciting to watch. It's cool that they kind of bounced off each other and mm -hmm. uh, and did that together. So it yeah. kind of so it was off, good for the women's. Off off air before this started, we were we were talking about the the best timing for the Tour de Femme to to, to go off, and we we were talking either before, after, or during. I think the reason during, we can all agree that during doesn't work is... They couldn't run both races at the same time. No, no. Co coordination would be too much, but also then... They what can't you just put, put the, the men in the left lane and the women in the right lane and just, <laughs> yeah, just say, go. like, the, go. Women in the morning, difference. the men in the afternoon. Five, yeah. five minute difference in the start. <laughs> or let them like start like an hour ahead of time and yeah. There, yeah, and then just chase them. <laughs> No, but so what? What what, it, what? what the issue is? You, you want the Tour de Femme to be, have as much, you know, ability for people to watch as you can. If it's at a different time of day or not during primetime hours on TV, nobody's going to tune in then. Correct. So it needs to be. I think these three weeks build very well, and then we're all jonesing for more Tour de France. Exactly. Like after twenty one days, yeah. you're like, yeah. I'm watching the tour every exactly. morning, and then you get up on the twenty second like, day, and it's, it's not like there, and I go, oh, wait a, a second, cigarette every yeah, day for twenty one days. Like on day twenty two, what do you want to do? Smoke get a cigarette. Hit. There you, you go. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's. I think this way that they're structuring this is going to be really interesting. I hope people tune in. They need better announcers. They do. Those yeah. are terrible. They need better coverage. At least the feed that we get here in the U.S. They're 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 bad. We need a we. And it's only uh, in the U.S. It's only on Peacock, correct? correct. Yep. Who's like a who's like a because I I love Bob Roll. Who who's like a female Bob Roll? We need a female Bob Roll to do to do the <laughs> announcing for this. And then you need like a play by play because like Bob Roll's more your color. Like you need you need somebody to be a good solid play by play. Well, we've got Allison Tetrick. Um, like breaking down the race afterwards yeah. with Lance Armstrong on on the Move podcast, yeah. And she's she knows all the women. Just she's somebody fun who's and animated. Yeah. They can tell some yeah, backstories and bring a human element that's to what it. She yes, is. You need exactly. somebody who knows the writers because she'll be able to tell the backstories. That's what Allison yeah. Tetrick's doing, but yeah. But it's just on Lance's dumb podcast, not exactly. Yeah, not well. She's been on that podcast, so now now the tour will never allow her in. They'll be like, I'm sorry, you <laughs> yeah, like Lance, you can't. You're cut off. You're cut off. <laughs> Oh, well, hopefully they make some changes and that continues to progress and people go yep. watch because they, yep. they, they somehow know that people are watching. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, right. They can track. Uh, and Mariana Voss is in the lead right now, isn't she? She is. She has one um, stage too. She right was now, second on the first stage. Yep. She crushed the field um, today, uh, this morning. Um, on the second stage, there were some crashes. There's some people who have. Oh, did you see that crash? Hospital. I didn't see it. Oh, my Lord. That was, was bad. bad. Was it bad? What <laughs> it happened? It was like. There was like a girl goes off the road and then a, a couple other people crashing each other. And then there's like another crash. But then like, they're like, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. And then all of a sudden, like a girl comes into oh, the whole crash out. at speed and hits it and goes flying over the oh. bars and skids down the road. I'm like, oh, no, that's bad. Was it downhill or was it? I, I'm not sure if it was downhill. It was. It might have been like yeah. a, a, you know, just going down. It was slightly gotcha. but on the flats. But they were moving and that, that crash oh. got kind of ugly. So that is scary. Bad. Well, um, other racing news, um, the USA Cycling had their mountain bike XCO Nationals mm -hmm. um, in Winter Park, Colorado yep. uh, this week. Um, we actually had a couple teammates out there. We sure two did. Two kids. Um, yeah. 
Carter and Whitney Hayden. Carter and Whitney Hayden. I think um, I think Carter made the podium. Got second place. Yeah. So and Whitney was just off the podium because uh, they go one through five, and she got seventh place. And yeah. she's in the eleven to fourteen year old bracket. She's eleven. She's eleven. Oh she's got. She's le- she's a legit little cyclist. I love it. So she's it's gonna be fun to watch. She's got a few years. years in that age group. Yeah. I like her odds at winning. <laughs> yep. um, the men's elite uh, race was won by Keegan Swenson. A uh, little bit of controversy there because he's the defending champion, which is fantastic. Yeah. But he hasn't been racing XCO this year at all. He's been doing gravel, gravel the yeah. lifetime gravel series, and he's also leading that. But uh, he came in and uh, cleaned up, and he. Won by a couple minutes, I believe. So rode away from everybody. Who's yeah. complaining about that? Where they're like, oh, uh, he hasn't raced enough. Well, guys like you know Jeff Kabush, um, you know a former, you know he he's a pro. He's super fast. He's yeah. won these races before, but he's like, okay, we've got a World Cup next week, and where's the Stars and Stripes get- jersey going to be? Not at the XCO race. He should have won. <laughs> I mean, that's like what a, this is like the same thing when they were gravel. You're like, we don't want the Euro Peloton here. It's like, well, then get faster because they're going to come and win. Uh, I know. I love it. It's kind of crazy. The uh, uh, the women's race was won by Sevilla Blunk. Um, she just beat uh, Kate Courtney, who is a former world champion yeah. in the event. Yep. But it's been um, it's been pretty crazy. So as far as that. That's what's happened in the world. Um, our local races, these two crit series. Um, it's um, I, I think the open men's on Saturday. Let me see if I can find it. The open men's. Oh, wow, I'm not doing very good. Um, here it is. The open men's on Saturday, our regional championships, was won by Johan Brusa. He came down from um, Seattle to race and won pretty handily. I noticed that he took third on Sunday. So he was on the Sunday race as well. He just yep. didn't win. Yep. Uh, second was Keelan Ontiveros and third was Harper Blake. Um, the women's race on Saturday, our local crit series, won by Nadia Ganto- Kantova. She beat out uh, Brenna Rye Simpson, who is one of our local pro racers who lives and works here in the Portland area. Yeah. And Clara Hansinger um, took third. She showed up and raced. She and just decided to took, jump into a crate. Took third in the crate. Yeah. Yeah. Clara just races whatever she wants. You know, it was <laughs> funny. Um, on Sunday, um, the women's uh, pro race was won by Brenna Simpson again. So she was second on Saturday. She won on Sunday. But she lined up, did the 70 minute men's one two three race <laughs> immediately finished that race and lined Hopped up with the, the women oh my and ended up winning the sprint in the end so brenna crushing it like you do yeah Dang. um the the men's race on saturday or on sunday the hammer crit was won by zachary kovlachik oh that's the guy who beat me at the mike, mike myers, myers tt by yes. like yep. a couple seconds he's yeah. legit he was on Saturday out there to do the... Uh, I like his odds of beating me in any crit. Then. <laughs> <laughs> he was out there to do the courthouse crit on Saturday, and he uh-huh. was having some issues with his rear derailleur right before his uh, DI2 rear derailleur kind of yeah. died, we'll just say. And then he was having issues, and he was pretty bummed out about that. And he went and got his stuff sorted out and came back and got some sweet redemption on Sunday. He was nice. pretty strong at the line. But I think the, the best race of the day had to have been the, the Masters 1-2-3. Was it Zach Winter? Yes. You want to tell that story? So the Masters 1-2-3 race, um, it, with like three laps to go, Zach Winter um, got 
off the front with one other guy, um, and they they had a pretty good lead on the whole field, and with with a lap to go, he still had like a 15 second lead, and he was drilling it. He comes off the final corner, he still got the lead, and he got pipped at the line. Like he got passed in the last five meters of the race. Oh god! So he ended up second. He almost hold off the whole field, but one guy got him. Good job, Zach. You deserve that one. Yeah. So <laughs> Zach ended up second on the day to Andrew Martin. He's Seattle. just an aggressive rider, and I love he it. Like that's he comes a, out to our flogging ride, race. that's a fast and he'll race. He'll just like steal attack, attack, attack. Yeah. yeah, that's a strong field if Greg's that far back. I yeah. mean, still, like Greg was in the last move, I'm sure. But so that's it. Cool. Champ <laughs> out. That's a whole lot of results. There's some <laughs> racing that happened this weekend. So. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Champ. How about this? That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. It, it, it's hot out, you guys. It's very warm. And it's time for a hot seat, but it's warm. we're going to do this a little bit different. It's just. Anything that's hot. Yes. We're gonna, Physically hot. We now. might complain about it. We might ask a question about it. We <laughs> might talk about it. But let's do We're some. talking about the actual idea of warmth today in training and how it affects your racing heat. training. Heat. heat. What do you do heat about seat. the heat? What? The heat seat. You stay inside in the AC and never go outside. <laughs> the heat is hot. It's so hot out there. But what if I die of a heat stroke? It's like, well, you know, don't. So <laughs> there's some rules you can Have follow you ever had to not. Heat exhaustion or heat oh, stroke? Yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> I am prone I to it. Borderline heat stroke. I was very close. You're prone? I'm prone to it. Is that just because you're racing dumb during triathlon? Uh I no. I it's happened to me um twice on some training rides, like where I'm not very heat active. Acclimated and oh, I end gotcha. up in a yeah. in a in a hot spot. This happened to me. This happened in Vegas one year. Yeah, uh, my wife was at a soccer that's tournament. That's different. That's way hotter. Than yeah, there. yeah. Um, but it was like early. It was like May, so it, which is hot for Vegas. But it was only like ninety. It wasn't like super hot. Yeah. But my my, my wife's at a soccer tournament, and she's going to be playing for like four hours. I'm like, I'm going to go ride around. Yeah, I'm going to go ride to Hoover Dam and back, which is what I did. Yeah. So I rode for like four hours, and. With about an hour to go, I realized that I was in trouble. It's too late to realize you're in trouble when you're yes. already behind. Once you realize the, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's I, <laughs> I, It was during the pandemic, and I had stopped at a gas station to refill my water bottles, but I didn't have a mask with me. They wouldn't sell me. No, are you serious? They wouldn't let me in the store because it was still like pandemic. Dude, but come on. I mean, yeah. like, you can look at them and be like, over your face I was... Like, I was I'm going angry. to die of a heat stroke if you do not give me some water. So, <laughs> I did. I pulled my jersey up over my nose, and she's like, that won't do. I'm like, what? sell me a mask then. Give me a mask. What? So she did finally let me buy a mask, that which is, I oh used God. for <laughs> 10 seconds. But uh, I, I can name one thing that'll kill you faster than COVID. Heat stroke. Heat stroke. <laughs> so I, oh I was already God. behind the eight ball. I didn't get enough like fluids in my system, and... I finally made it back to the car, and I'm like, you know, I'm not. Brandy finished her game. We're in Vegas, feeling chilly. All I started, of a sudden. I started getting prickly arms yeah. and not feeling good, and then I, um, I started vomiting. Oh boy! <laughs> I, why do I have so many vomits? You stories? puke a lot. I think I, wait, I think I, I remember this guy. story now. I'm pretty sure I remember this story. Yeah, now. He's told yeah. the story before. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, um, Brandy, I'm not feeling good. We need to. We're going to go back to our buddy Ryan's place and I'm going to jump in the pool, yeah. you know, because I'm not feeling so hot. So we start driving and my I my hands started cramping. Oh, uh, bad. Where yeah. where 
you can't see me, but my wrists were curled up and my fingers were curled up where I, they were all going in tonic seizures and I couldn't like straighten my hands or my wrists out. And I'm still vomiting and not feeling well. And I'm still trying to pound fluids and keep water on me because I know I'm too hot. I'm like, no, Brandy, we're not going to Ryan's house. Go to the hospital. We need to head for the hospital. So she's on her way to the hospital and I don't know what puke worked, but after one of the times I threw up, all of a sudden, click, everything like changed and I felt better. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's your your, your <laughs> absorption rate in your stomach. I actually just nerded out on this this morning, to be honest. Your absorption rate in your stomach was so far behind that everything you were drinking, no, it was it not just, ma- it, it wasn't making it back any, up. Yeah, it wasn't making it anywhere into your so system. So finally, yeah. things calmed down enough that yeah. stuff started to absorb and everything stopped because yep, I didn't, ended up, I ended up not going to the hospital. Yeah. But I ignored the sign at like three yes, hours in. That's that I should have been more forceful with the. I, I don't know what I should have done. I was I was alone. Nobody knew where to I be was. Honest, at that point, I would have been like, "Look, I'm in a very I, bad place. I'm going to walk in and grab this water right yeah. now." Like I'm sorry. Like you can call the police. I will explain to the police that I was ready to <laughs> die at this moment. We're do you have not, a hose outside. We're not doing this dance right now. Like I'm going to pull up my like jersey over my nose or whatever. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I didn't end up in the hospital. I ended up sitting in my. That was actually pool. my first hot seat question. Was have you had an experience with this like that? And the Lance, I definitely has had an experience. Jake, have you had? It wasn't even that hot. That was the dumb Jake, thing. But Jake grew up decently heat acclimated. Well, oh, yeah. more than decently. You're probably in the whole country in the top 5% of heat acclimation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, while in Southern California, it was very common to be riding when it was in the 90s. And I would yeah. still go out and ride when it was 100. You're probably riding I hard, can, too. Yeah. yeah, and I can remember going out into areas that was like canyons going up into the hills, and it's all exposed. And I can remember just like the heat coming off of the, the, yeah. the tarmac. It was just like insane. and. Mm-hmm. You know, your garment's telling you it's like 110 or 115. I don't no, know how accurate that is, but it's 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 hot. Yeah. And I just would plan my rides accordingly so that I knew where all of the water stops were, and I yep. would fill up, and I would just keep riding. Plenty of sunscreen and just kind of pay attention to anything, but it just never really, like, it just didn't shake me. I mean, as long as I was drinking plenty of food, I was fine. Yeah. Fast forward to becoming a Washingtonian, a Pacific Northwesterner. Yeah. I can remember going down to Palm Springs for our first training camp back in 2017, I think it was, or maybe 2018. Um, anyway, whatever year it was, we went down to Palm Springs to do that. I think it was 2018. Um, we went down there, and I'd been living here for at that point in time for a little over three years. I'm pretty sure it was 2018. And we started riding, and I can remember the first long day that we did down there, I was just, I, I didn't drink enough fluids. And I can remember doing the last long climb of the day. It was about a three-mile climb. And I remember seeing like my watts going way down and I remember seeing my heart rate going way up and I remember seeing my speed come way down and I'm just like feeling kind of like cold a little bit and it's hot out and I get to the top and I'm like, I'm heat exhausted, you guys. And then a couple guys threw some salt tabs at me and I got some extra fluids and just kind of put it all together. And I, I came back down off of that pretty yep. quickly. It wasn't a bad thing. And we had a nice long descent. So you get that evaporative cooling yep. coming over you, which was a, a nice right bonus. Yeah. yeah. So had I had to climb for another five miles, that would have been a bad thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, by the time I got back, I was thinking to myself, oh man, tomorrow's going to be terrible, but I'm just going to keep pounding the fluids and make sure that I take in the right electrolytes and all yeah. the things kind of balanced out and was fine the next day. Yeah. That was yeah. my only real true experience though with being heat exhausted. Yeah. Which was kind of a scary thing. Yeah. When you when your heart rate is higher than your watts, yeah. That's, that's not that's happy times, so especially you're, for me. You're in a bad so, spot. Yeah. But uh I think yeah. my my only one is and I told the story on the podcast before, but was in Des Moines when I was having a ton of GI issues when it was ninety percent humidity during uh-huh. that race. 
and that's you know, I mean, it's it's a race, so you know, you're gonna expect even it, the heat in the 80s can be an issue when you're when you're really yeah. trying to race. And the the issue that I've been talking with even the kids I coach about is your absorption rate in your stomach. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna be taking in water, fluids, and nutrition. You got to understand that the absorption rate has to balance out to fluids when it's hot. So unfortunately, the absorption becomes harder and harder at higher and higher temperatures. So that's an important adaptation your body has to make. This is why like uh, the, uh, the, the ultra marathon runners who do uh, death, uh, the Death Valley race. It's 135 mile bad water. absorption rates because yeah. they have to eat during that. No, I'm not sure if anybody here has tried to jog and eat at the same time in 130 degree weather, but I promise you, your tummy, your tummy's not processing that if you're not very heat ad, uh, adapted. <laughs> so it's it's really staying on top of it before your rides, and then during the rides or runs, knowing that like, okay, if my effort was, we'll just do watts because everybody listening to this is doing watts. If I know that my coach told me to do tempo and my tempo is usually 260. Tempo today is going to be 220, Right. Because right. at certain humidities and temperature, there's actually can be a 20% drop off in, in performance. So whatever your tempo is, take 20% off of that in 10, 20%. 20% is like really, really intense heat. But it's very similar to altitude. You have to know how to taper your effort down. And I think that the issue is people get scared of it because they, they hear these stories, but they need to understand that like, oh yeah, there are warning signs. There's warning signs in advance it's not like just going into the heat. You're going to like all of a sudden, you're just going to like shut down. No, you have to like expose your body to this gradient. Yes. Yeah. So if this is the first hot week of the, of the year and your long run is a 5k. Well, today we're going probably two miles. That's what we're going to, we're going to make yeah. it two miles and we're going to go nice and slow. And then I'm going to drink plenty of water. But I think as long as people gradiate themselves into the heat exposure, they're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, it's a different story when it's races, when it's races, like I learned in Des Moines too, it was like my stomach stopped processing stuff and I'm dying in a portal at, you know, halfway through that yes. race. Like that's, that's when, you know, it's just like, all right, there's not much you can do about this. You have to race. So. But like with my Vegas thing, I've been here all yeah. spring and then I go to Vegas, it's 92 yeah. and which really so, isn't that hot, so but like, I'm not ready for that so, at yeah, all. Yeah. So, so, so Lance at that time probably could have looked at that and been like, maybe a four hour ride's not a good idea to maybe a two hour ride. Maybe a two hour ride would be good. Yeah. What am I going to sit there and watch my wife this, play soccer? This is the that problem my... is that soccer is that boring. <laughs> is that Lance was willing? I was to willing risk to go to the hospital <laughs> over watching this boring, awful sport we call soccer. I'm allowed to say this. I played soccer in college. I know how boring it is. I am on the inside of how boring that sport is. Lance Sapler, worth it? <laughs> yes, heat stroke is worth not watching a soccer game. <laughs> I'd rather watch a moving day that. Tour de France stage at <laughs> kilometer sixty than watch a soccer game these days. <laughs> uh. I, do you guys, and this is a question I have in the heat. I always wear a base layer when I'm when Ooh. I when I ride under my cycling kit. I always wear a base layer just because everything just feels better. Yeah. Do you skip that on hot days? I, nope. I skip it all the time. I never wear base layers unless it's really cold. I What's wear it? one. I wear one for two reasons. One, I, it actually helps keep me cooler. I think is it. It they're supposed to like be more. Um, I have uh, I have like a hot weather one and a cold weather one and yeah. the hot weather one well, definitely two, makes me if feel it, cooler. If it, if a wind hits you and your kid's doing a good job at like allowing some evaporation, yeah, it works like a cooling but system. I, I almost want it to keep me that's a little bit a little bit wet because yeah. that a little bit of wetness is going to help keep me cool, and that's kind of what does. I like about that. The other thing for me though is that the the kits that we wear they're super thin, and the sun gets through those. And, that's also true. And I will have like straps on the back of my back from yeah. the, the, the the bibs really. Yeah, 
my dermatologist, and I've got family history of melanoma, so I go to yeah. the dermatologist once a year, and it's almost like clockwork. It's like every other year they're taking out multiple pieces of skin, like moles that are like suspect at best. Um, yeah. And she's made that comment before. She's like, you need to wear sunscreen over your entire body because the clothing that you're wearing is allowing UV rays to come through there. So that extra base layer takes that away. It, it definitely helps uh, keep the sun off of me. Okay. Which is, it's you know, so much application process. Oh, yeah, I God. hate. Well, we've talked lot. about this before. I hate sunscreen. I know. Yeah. But the stuff that I have found is nice. It's, way, but it's better got, than melanoma. I've got I two yeah, janky shoulders. I can't reach my back. And that's <laughs> true. Yeah. I was going to say, like, your internal rotation on one side is going to be rough. Yeah, well, both of them. I mean, they're Get, like an automatic spray system. You know, just like a little thing. Yeah. You can press a button and it sprays. And you just, like, go on your back. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like T Rex. You know what I mean? A T Rex can't reach anything. Yeah, that's, exactly. I'm like can't the T Rex when it comes to my back. I'm like, ah, nothing works. <laughs> so. Like, why do I have spotty sunburn back here? <laughs> but yeah, I, I like the base layer all year round. I, I have no qualms about that. If it's going to be 100 degrees outside, it's on. If it's going to be 30 degrees, it's definitely on. Yeah, I, I always wear one too. I just noticed that like in the Tour de France that on the hot days, I noticed a lot of guys weren't wearing base layers, uh -huh. which I was just kind of surprised about because my kit feels so much better with the base layer on. Yeah. So. yeah, but I think when you're climbing at those heats, when those guys unzip, you just want as much airflow Air. over you as you possibly can. Yeah. I mean, they're soaking themselves in water constantly. Yeah. That's a big one. So at like the kids practice now, whenever people ask like, hey, if I'm starting to... So here's a good question that I'll start to answer. Uh, but Lance already told a great story about this. Is like, so you were trying to drink water once you're already starting to uh, show heat exhaustion signs. Yes. So there's a big difference between heat exhaustion and then heat stroke. There's a line that you're crossing there at that point. Heat stroke is what you're actually talking about. There's cerebral damage that is occurring now. If I started to be like mentally... Yeah, like it, real fog starting like to if, set in. And yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah. But if that did, it it's like... Hospital you, time. Like call the ambulance. It's hospital time yeah. at that point. You can yeah. die from heat stroke. Yeah. This is not when you like text somebody and you're like, hey, I don't feel so good. You are going to the hospital yeah. at that point or your call is 911. Yeah. So... There's you, you were catching those early, like, okay, we're getting some chills in the system. The cooling system in the body is not keeping up with the heat. They, they, your, your core temperature's rapid increase. Yeah. Uh, you're probably very vascular at that point, isn't like your veins are coming up to the surface. Yeah. The reason your body does is actually interesting. Our bodies are really cool with their adaptations. It does that to try and cool off blood the because blood. obviously, if the veins are, you know, a little bit more sunken in, that's a warmer part of the body. As they expose uh -huh. to the skin surface, they are actually trying to actively cool down your blood, which is a natural early, like, right, right. Early, like that's, that's a good adaptation. If you see that, don't, don't think like, oh my God, I'm having a heat stroke right now. Uh, same thing with obviously sweat. Sweat is trying to create a uh, cooling layer basically yes, to yeah. your skin to cool down the blood. Everything is trying to cool down the blood because red blood cells need a very specific temperature to work. So this is like the most important part of this. Which is why your watts are dropping, yeah. which is why your heart rate's increasing is because the transfer of red blood cells at that point is really bad. So I think a physiologist could really talk to the specifics, but it's like actually for heme and iron, I, I think for the heme molecule to separate needs to be a certain temperature. I'm going to butcher that though. So that's, gotcha. that's like a true biophysiology guy can, can talk through that. But basically you are thinking, okay, everybody's always thinking, I want water right now. I want water. Yes, you do need water, but if you are puking, or you are starting to notice a lot of stomach cramps. Like, oh God, my stomach just feels terrible. You got to think number one step is cool down first. So that means pour water over you like it's going out of style. You're like in increasing your sweat rate at that point, basically <laughs> outside. You're like, yeah. you're like creating your own sweat. Pour water all over you. Um, if you have ice bags, get ice bags on you. 
get your core, like as much cooling to your core as you can, get inside AC, wait for those symptoms to come down a little bit, then you can start trying water again. And then once you don't puke or your system starts to feel better, then you start taking in calories. Yeah. So those are like the steps. Now, obviously those steps are all hard to remember when you're, you're not thinking when you're clearly. dying. Yeah, exactly. When you're dumb enough not to get enough yeah. water in your system to but begin with. But the best with. way to not have a heat stroke is to plan to not have a heat stroke. <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> Nobody accidentally has a heat stroke. It's usually something you did that's causes. It's like you trip into a heat stroke. <laughs> you know, for me, it's like it was hour four and suddenly I realized I wasn't sweating anymore. Yeah, And I was bad. working just as hard. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Yes. And I was still 15 miles from yeah. help. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah. So I had to make that cool. 15 miles, which put me in a deeper hole. It was just dumb yeah. all around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lance, was your base layer question your question? Yes, that was it. Was? Okay. Jake. I'm going to ask one. another question. I guess it'll be a kind of a compound question. The first part of it is, do we have a cycling team? Got a lot of people that wear the kit and all that other fun stuff. And I've had a couple of people mention this to me. Do we need to have a summer version of our kit that doesn't have so much black on it? Correct. And do you want to be wearing white? No. <laughs> I don't think white kits are good look on any no. No. body. So <laughs> we don't. I mean, we have black in our kit. It's just the lower section. We'll say from about like your rib cage down. It's, it's black. Okay. Yeah. And the, the I, I guess it's going to be one of those things where the, the cycling, the cycle, Illuminati, what was it? Yeah, the the Lomity, whatever it is. <laughs> they say, yeah. like, you, you shall not wear anything other than a black set of bibs. So I, I, I'm perfectly fine with it. We've had a couple of people, like, for instance, uh, Ed Dudlick, you know Ed very uh -huh. well. He wants oh, do us, I get to make fun of Ed now? <laughs> and he, we're not wearing white. Wait, he has a, <laughs> he has a pink <laughs> kit and a pink bike. So what is Ed going to say? I know, right? Come on, Ed. <laughs> So let's do trash head for the next question. <laughs> but what if we had something that was, I mean, his pink kit's actually really cool. I do like that kit. <laughs> do, what if we had a Jersey though? And like you keep the bibs black, but just a different Jersey. You could have that's a different like, Jersey. That's lighter white. color, yeah. lighter whites. But white bibs is too. Much, Ooh, that's yeah, no too bueno. Much. Maybe orange bibs. You can go orange bibs. Argo Shimano. Remember that? Those all white kids. Those were ugly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but well, do you like guys, do, do you guys want team. a summer? We'll just say a summer Jersey. I don't. I don't think you need it. it I go ride and eat more. Yeah, personally, I <laughs> I race in speedos. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's easy for me to see how much salt is dissipating out of my sweat yeah. when on the black. Yeah, hands. it's a good ratio. <laughs> like, how true. dehydrated am I right now? <laughs> so that's a, a a no. That's a no from me. Yeah. Okay. No from. Okay. It's a hard no from me. Yeah. No white kids. Sorry, Ed and others who've had that <laughs> consensus is. I would wear a pink kit. I would absolutely wear a pink kit. <laughs> salmon pink. It was salmon. Make it okay. make it salmon color. So that was the more of a. Uh, a zoomed in part of the question that I really wanted to ask was, is there anything specific that you do any like equipment, anything specific that you use to keep you cooler or to keep you acclimated or help you get better acclimated to the heat? I know that that's kind of like a very broad question, but is there anything that you do? I mean, yeah. Lance, you pack in like a, a sports bottle that's got a fan that spritzes some <laughs> water on you that, you know, keeps you nice and cool during the ride or no, do you got clearly I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure if Lance is the right one for this question. <laughs> got a salt lick that you tape to your uh, your stem and get down there licking your stem. I, I do know that I always have electrolytes on my bottle. I don't have water bottles. Sure. I all there's yeah, always electrolyte always mix there. in them because yeah. I I'm I'm a sweater. I'm I am a, a sweater too. Guy. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I've had rides where I've lost like 10, 12 pounds. Yeah. I'm sure that Evan's probably done more than that, even with the longer oh, stuff I've that you've had. Some do. crazy sweat loss through it. Yeah. But I, I've 
now I've learned from a lot of the stupid or much, much stupider mistakes I made when I was younger. And I really am adamant about as the heat increases, I do a couple things. I expose myself to it as much as I can. Mm -hmm. So I know it's funny because I coach people who are like, they're like, I need to get all my workouts in like really early in the morning this week. Funny, I talked with Ed. Ed's tough as nail. So he's the one who's like, yeah, yeah you're right. I do expose myself to you. I don't have to explain to him. He gets it. Yeah. But I definitely have people who I coach, I've had to explain like, no, there's a reason I actually want you to try to run in the heat a little bit this week is yeah. because unfortunately race season is this time of year. Yeah. So you can't just show up on race day and be like, I hope my body can figure this out on right. race day. No, you need to expose to it for a while. So my, my main thing is gradiated exposure to heat, period. And you need to increase your fluid intake throughout the day because it's hard to catch up once you're riding. Sure. So usually I tell people, I, I joke with the kids, oh my gosh, the kids. Oh my God, I whisper this morning. Dave had like the massive, we had kids who showed up to today's practice. It is hot. I know none of those kids listen to this podcast. They're not going to be like, oh, Evan's talking trash about me on our podcast. <laughs> but Because I'm supposed to be like the go fun coach who like everybody, but I was like yelling at a couple of them because they're like, man, I'm like, so tired and my stomach hurts and all this. I'm like, did you drink anything today? They're like, well, no, I just woke up and came here. I'm like, you are setting yourself up for failure, young man. Like, what are you doing? This is, you are a 15 year old in high school yeah, now. Okay, get it. You cannot show up to a practice where it's 85 degrees already and expect that your stomach is going to be okay. So it's, it's the, your prep nutrition and fluid going into the workout. I think it's just as important as like what you bring with you on the ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Jake nailed it with the planning water stops. If you're planning on doing a long ride this time of year, you better have a good idea where you're stopping for water. Yeah, and choose your rides wisely. I mean, don't yeah. go on a hundred mile gravel ride because yeah. you're not going to have any support unless you've Especially got somebody that's going to chase around in a car. Like, really heat adapted at yeah. this point, or just you can choose a gravel loop. That's great, but make sure you have a loop point. You know, like you you have a point to get back to the car and call it if you need to. Or it's just not real common in the gravel world, though. I mean, and I know even yeah. in some mountain biking scenarios, it's the same thing. I mean, well. Yeah. With the gravel rides, though, I do tend to take a, a, a chase vest, and it's going to have some extra fluids, yeah. just because I know that I'm probably going to go through all you, that fluid, even you if it's you on. and Ed are on that. Yeah, you, yeah. you guys, I know Ed just let me one for telly rides, like a three liter. I was like, that's yeah. awesome, my god, yeah. three liters. I don't even think I can make it through three liters of fluid. I can try, but yeah. that's <laughs> I mean, the two bottles I'll keep on my bike just about fifty two ounces, and then the the chase vest is that's another fifty. So like having a oh, hundred yeah, ounces on set. me for like a three hour ride, I know that I'm going to be set if it's yeah. going to be a little bit warm and exposed yeah. out. Um, I, when it's really hot too, I tend to gravitate to, to the road bike because generally speaking, yeah. you're going to have better access to stores and stuff like that. But on the road bike, I tend to, I, I don't know. I, I guess it can kind of change, but well, you're I tend going to, faster. I, so you get to cool. More that's more. the thing is yeah. I'm going to like the mountain bike stuff. You find yourself climbing more on the gravel bike. I yep. find myself climbing more just because that's the nature of the terrain that you're riding on the road bike. It seems to be a little bit more like, granted, you've got the hot asphalt and the, the heat coming up off the road from you, but you've got, the ability to keep your speed up higher and you get the evaporative cooling. Therefore you just yeah. don't really notice it. It's hot, but you're not like dying. Exactly. I can remember just when we did a gravel ride out in uh, grouse Vista a couple of weeks ago, Lance, when we were doing that long climb Yeah. where everybody was mountain, it was hot. You're coming up that, that exposed three mile climb and no it's wind, like, no cooling. Yeah, it's 18% grade. And you're just like 40 minute climb. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that kind of, that, that sucks a little bit, but yeah, when you're on the road bike, you don't necessarily deal with that. And, you know, yeah. there are definitely places that you can go where it's going to be super hilly, but generally speaking, you can pick your routes pretty good and you can have access to the fluids you need. And yeah, I don't need to say that again because yeah. I've already said it four times. <laughs> yeah, right. But then, I mean, in, in, in running, I always tell running culture is way 
I'll say like better, well, running running culture for people who ran cross country because you're so used to popping your shirt off at that point. But yeah, like any way you can increase your evaporative cooling. So if that mm-hmm. means obviously not wearing like a heavy cotton shirt would be a great idea. And any way that you can expose as much of your sweaty skin as you possibly can to the natural air is going to be your best option as a runner. Um, I, I even if I'm going... God, this is, I can't believe I'm saying So I, I had to really work on my heat adaptation this last year. I will do like midday if it's going to be hot. So next week, if it gets hot, I, I will do a midday track workout where it gets hot on the track. But I am, will always carry a hat with me and I will like spray water on the hat and then put the hat on oh, yeah. because that actually really helps. If you can get a wet, cold hat and then just put it on your head, that is a very easy way to cool down. Also a little shocking. Yeah. yeah. Any other little tricks you can use to keep yourself cool or uh, ice down the pants, ice down the pants. I actually have done that before. I have ran back to the house before taking a couple handfuls of ice and shoved them down my like running tights. Cause I were running tights front or usually. back both. Ooh. Yep. You know what else you can do? Is you Very can, close to your center of gravity. It's just pretty close to the core. Right you now. can hold ice in the palm of your hand as well. Yeah, if yeah, you good. if you have access to ice, that will actually cool your body core yeah. temperature down. A lot of the guys that, on the tour. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, like if if you're a triathlete listening to this, and you're like, man, I got a long run on Thursday. It's going to be hot. I was like, yeah, make a loop back to your house, grab some ice, throw it on you. Yeah, yeah. A lot of guys in the tour were putting ice in pantyhose and yep. stuffing it down the back of their jerseys, yeah, and that absolutely. seems to be like a pretty good way to keep yourself pretty cool too. Yeah, during races in Ironman, they hand out ice cups. I'm pouring that down my front the entire time, so it sits in my stomach. Yep. Crazy. Cool. Anything else that you guys can think of that just some good tips for this uh, coming little heat wave? Just don't be afraid of the heat. Don't be that guy that tells people like, sorry, I can't go outside. I got to stay in the AC. So Lance, tomorrow, Tuesday, there's no short track. We generally no. do our gravel ride. Should we do it at six o'clock in the morning or six o'clock at night? Heat exposure self. Come on. I would go. I'd I, go in the heat of the day. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just don't I, I I mean, just do it. Just know you're not going to race that hard. Or yes. if you are, it's just going to be a way easier effort. And a yeah. lot of that ride is in the shade. Yeah. I It'll thought about that, but then I thought fine. about, well, we've got the state championship road race coming up. It's going to be on August. What is it like eighth or something like that? Kings Valley. Chances are it's going to be, be warm. So what a better chance to go get a little bit of there mileage in with a little bit of heat acclimation. So the seventh. Yeah. The seventh. Okay. There yeah. you go. Yep. I think we'll that be was, right in the evening. I had, I had some great advice from a friend of mine who races in the pro field too that doesn't like to hear my excuses ever. And I had a, that terrible race at Des Moines, and I told him I don't race at altitude really well. And he had a very funny text he sent me once where he was like, yeah, you're terrible in the heat and you're bad at altitude because you're scared of both and you don't train in the heat enough. He's like, that's why you're bad at it. It's not because your body's <laughs> not good. It's like it's because you're scared of it. I'm like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. All right, anything else? I think that's good. Moving on. Yeah. All right, let's do one last thing. Evan, you want to go first? Yep. Uh, if I die on you know, Saturday, I just want you guys to know this has been a blast oh, cool. doing this every single hey, You're week. welcome. It's, it's been, been a great. pleasure being part of it's your been life. Great. You know, if you guys have to do my eulogy on Monday on here, it'd just be, you know, just remember me as the guy that didn't mountain bike is all that I want you to know. Again, Evan, video send diary. A, send a warning to those who are signing up for a mountain bike race who are triathletes to not do that. So. Do we need to set a GoPro up on his handlebars that's just at his face so we can hilarious. get some like... It really would be. Yeah. Some hot takes of Evan, some like, am, feedback. I'm thinking, well, you get to see how slow I'm going to descend. The real question is, will I descend or climb slower? I'm not sure. It might be a wash on that one i think the sound bites we could have i know well, I, best of luck to you dude i know yeah, i can't i can't luck. wait to tell everybody there and be like they're like how much did you train for this 25 hours a week and you're going to beat me <laughs> you got exactly. a birthday coming up too don't you uh yeah it's it's the the race is on the 31st i think or the 30 so it's it's yeah that's i'm turning 31 so 
31 on the 30th or the uh, 31st? The 31st. Oh, the race is on the 30th. I might not make it to my 31st birthday. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's a, <laughs> one day away from making it closer to the age I actually tell people I am. <laughs> Lance, one last thing. Uh, this weekend, we have our Obra Short Track Championships up at the Washougal Motocross Track, uh, put on by Zone 5 Promotions and Scott Schultz. So, um, Short Track uh, championships is on Saturday, and the cross country uh, mountain bike championships is on Sunday at the same venue, yep. different course. So uh, we've got some championship racing this weekend, and we'll see what happens. Will you be out there? I think I am gonna go. I think I'm gonna go do both. I cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna go lay play it up. bikes. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna suck like I have all <laughs> season, but I'm gonna go show up and do it. So gotcha. Uh, I am going to take two one last things, one for me personally, and then one for the team. The first one from the team is I just wanted to put out a heartfelt thank you to uh, Pacific Office Automation and David Root. Um, not only did they put on two great races this past weekend, I mean, they knocked those out of the park. They were I mean, great. He did such a good job. Well, he yep. and Travis Richardson, they did a fantastic job. On both of those races, everybody had a great time. Lots of money and prizes and all this stuff were handed out. Um, but through the process of all of this and the, the funds that were generated, Dave was super generous with the monies and there was a big fat preems and he took care of a couple different charities. One of those charities so happened to be the Dialed Cycling Team's Juniors Program. And we are a, a, a nonprofit entity and we do um, a lot of cool stuff with the, the kids and he's been watching that and he just out of nowhere came up to me and said, hey, we're going to support your Juniors Program and we're going to write you guys a check. And they presented us with this massive giant Printed out check. We got a big giant check. Big giant check, and <laughs> still have that thing. I think I'm going to put that up in here in the, the lab somewhere. But uh, for two thousand dollars, and that's the amount fantastic. of good that's going to come from that for our kids is going to be fantastic. It's going to help us out with you know getting coaching and camps and clinics and kits and you know just the things that the kids need so that we can lower the barrier of entry into this sport so that we can plant some seeds for the future. And that's going to be fantastic. Thank so, you, David Root and Pacific Office Automation. That is that is heartfelt for the donation thank yeah, you very much can't thank him enough and we'll uh, be posting up all of those pictures just go check those out on on all the different social media channels that are dialed um there's a few of them but uh we'll make sure that everybody can see the uh, the, the big giant check yeah. it's pretty cool my other one last thing is is i just wanted to wish my wife a happy anniversary today is our anniversary oh seriously yeah. happy anniversary how many years now 18 years. 18, 18 years. Ooh, making it close to 20, man. That's You're just not young anymore at 20. No, <laughs> she's been putting up with me for a lot of years, and it was five years prior to that. So it's, I was going to uh, ask how long you guys have known each 25 other. 25 so. years. You're coming up to a quarter century uh, knowing each other. Well, we are. I mean, we, we've already passed years. that. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, oh, you guys have known each other. We dated for too. seven years prior to being married for 18. Oh, so you're at 20. This is this is the... We've, yeah, it was 25 years that, back in February. Isn't there a name for like the 25 to 50... I, old. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think it's like, wait, wait, like one's like the diamond. Or I think like that's ones, 50 yeah. years. The 50. Okay. I don't know. Lance I think, is almost there now. But yeah. I think this year's the, the porcelain one, if I'm not mistaken. Porcelain. I'm serious. I looked <laughs> it up. I'm like, is there anything cool I get? I'm like, what did you, what do you do for 18 years? And I'm like, porcelain. 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 You get a new toilet or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so happy anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Cool. All right. We will wrap this thing up right now. It's done. Ooh. It's over. There we go. Now podcast out. We will see everybody next week. And until then, bye for now. Bye.